everyone and welcome to Helotus Hills United Methodist Church. We are a vibrant spiritual community still learning to love God, love others, and serve the world. I'm Susan Flores and I have worshiped at this church for about 23 years. I've been very involved in the musical part of worship and I'm one of the original members of the praise band. And I'd like to introduce the rest of the members of our band. We have Kathy Brock, who's our, our leader, Sharon, who plays the piano for us, Carl Clutie and Christy Flores, we sing, and then Jonathan Flores plays the guitar, and Frank Sprout plays the drums. I'm also currently serving on the nomination and the worship committees. 
you know, she's asked us to tell a little bit about what we've done. But when I first came to San Antonio, I attended University Methodist Church, but it never felt like home. It was so big, and I never saw the same person twice, and I, I just didn't feel comfortable. I happened to drive through Helotus one weekend and saw this church, and I felt drawn to visit. And so on the next Sunday, we did. We were greeted warmly by the pastor, Peter Aguilar, outside before we even entered the door. He was sharing God's love. I immediately knew in my heart that this was where I belonged. Please know that even though I'm not the pastor and I didn't greet you at the door this morning, I am very glad to be able to welcome you all to worship today. As Christ welcomed all of us with open arms and a loving heart, we all welcome you. Whatever you have done, wherever you have been, no matter your past or your present, you do have a future. Christ came, lived, and died to ensure that future. If you're a first-time guest, could you please let us know by filling out the blue card found in the pew pocket, and there's a basket in the lobby where you can place it on your way out. If you have prayer requests that you would like to share with our prayer team, we have several options. You can fill out the yellow prayer request card, also found in your pew pocket, and place it in that same basket. Or you can go to our webpage, www.hhumc.com, click on the Home tab, and then select Prayer Request. Or you can ask to join our confidential prayer group on our Facebook page. Search for Helotus Hills UMC and ask to join the group. Please note that only members and longtime visitors are given access to this group. Also, there should be a white card with a QR code in the pew. You can scan this with your phone and you'll get a copy of the bulletin today. You just have to scroll down to find it. Or you can just watch the information on the screen. Have a couple more announcements about what's going on. The flowers today are donated by Judy Lynn in memory of her husband, Ken. And we have exciting news for our Sunday school program. The Grace class will be restarting with Valerie Long leading the group. The group will decide on the curriculum at their first meeting, which is next Sunday, July 31st at 10 a.m. And you should be able to find more information in the August highlights when it comes out. Have you been wondering what's happening out front? We're preparing for the pumpkin patch by adding new pavers and a new covered portico. If you have any questions about the work being done, check in with one of our trustees, Dick Baldwin, Ken Poles, or J.B. Briggs. Speaking of out front, the Boy Scouts want to thank you for your support in their efforts to raise money for their Philmont trip. Choir rehearsal begins in two weeks, Kathy, uh, August the 3rd at 645. We always need new voices, and everyone is invited to come, join in, and help us make a joyful noise. <sighs> I'm done. Now, <laughs> now, it's Jesse's turn. Good morning. That's a lot. We're busy this week, aren't we? So I will try to be brief. We have a safe gatherings training this afternoon at 2 o'clock for anybody who is interested in completing their safe gatherings training. It is the step three, which is a webinar that's presented by our conference. 
Um, if all of that sounds like gibberish to you, we will have an article that comes out in highlights that specifies more about what Safe Gatherings is um, and provides more training dates through the month of September. And I really ask that every member of our congregation search their hearts and talk to God about what your role is in this church and if you should be Safe Gatherings trained because of the populations you are with in your church. Thank you. The scripture reading today is one of my favorites, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14a. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Shall we join together in an attitude of prayer? Lord, we are so very grateful for the opportunity to come before you today in worship and in praise. We thank you for the care and love you show us and your promise to be there for us through all of life's ups and downs. You are God and we are your people. Lord, we ask that in times of doubt, you give us faith. In times of pain, grant us healing. Be merciful with us as we seek your grace. Strengthen our faith and help us to believe that you have a plan for each one of us, a plan for a future with hope. This is our prayer in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then what could say? 
best for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? What could stand again? Our God is greater, our God is stronger. children forward, I'm going to call forward somebody else who is very special to our children's ministry, and she's very quiet, so you guys may not know her, but her name is Miss Brooke. Miss Brooke, come on up here. Miss Brooke has been part of our child care staff for th over three years, right? I'm pretty sure it's been over three years, and um, she has been faithful in sharing God's love and light to the children of HHUMC and putting up with my antics for three years, <laughs> very calmly and respectfully, and we wanted to take a moment to recognize her today. Brooke has taken a job at Pecan Springs Elementary in Austin and is going to be teaching in there this upcoming school year, and we're so excited for her. You're teaching pre-K? Yes. Pre-K. So um, many prayers for that. I love pre-K. It's fun, but it's also pre-K. So we wanted, to <laughs> we wanted to present you with this certificate that says, In grateful recognition of your unconditional love, care, and devotion in teaching the children of our church about the light of Jesus for the past three years. It's presented by the church today just for you. And then also on behalf of the church and the child care ministry, we have a teacher's goodie bag ready to go for you that's got... Oh my goodness, what did I put in there? There's a gift card from the church to help you get your classroom set up. There's also uh, a water bottle with affirmations on it for you to remind you that you were awesome. A scripture with Esther 414 on there to remind you that you were created for this. I know that, having worked with you. This is the path God has for you. And an official lanyard so you can carry around your ID and be all official on your first day. And we're just so excited for you. And we wanted to thank you. Absolutely. So if you have anything to... 
Any advice for Brooke? Stop on by and say hi to her today. She'll be in the classroom with us. We're going to call the kiddos forward at this time. All right, kiddos. And I know there's some back there, so I know you're listening, right, Mr. Jacob? I see you. <laughs> Woo! All right, kiddos. So I have a question for you. I always have questions, right? Yeah. Okay, so do you guys like to watch TV? Yes. Oh, I knew that answer. It's our favorite thing. When you're watching TV and movies, do you ever see somebody in there that's kind of like super important, like, um, like a president or maybe a mayor or a governor, uh, maybe a celebrity in the movies, somebody who's famous, or like um, royalty, like a princess or a prince or a queen or a king? Do you ever see those people in movies? What about, do you happen to ever see kids who are maybe bullied in movies? Yeah, you see those also? There's a lot of movies about kids who need somebody to stand up for them, right? And there's something that all of those people have in common. First of all, they're all important. They're all very important people. And secondly, if you watch a movie with those people in it, you'll see somebody in the background. They're who I like to call the bouncers, right? When you see the princess in the movie, she's got some sort of royal guard behind her, right? Ready to help her out when she needs help. Or when you see the president in a movie, he's got, he's got his security guards behind him. He's got his uh, secret service behind him, ready to protect him if he needs it. When we see a kid who's being bullied in a movie, quite often there's the bigger sibling that's right there ready to take care of him or somebody who fills that role, right? They all have somebody there to protect them. That's the bouncer, the muscle, the backup, the security, the big sibling, all ready to t step in and take care of that person when they need it. And I wanted to talk to you guys today about how God fills that role in our lives. Did you know that? In Romans 8, we're told that there is nothing that we need to worry about because God is with us all of the time, no matter where we go. We memorized earlier this year, we memorized Joshua 1.9, right? Be strong and courageous because God's with you everywhere you go, right? Some of the last words Jesus said before he left this earth we're low. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. We have been promised time and time and time again that God is with us no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're feeling, no matter what's happening around us, God is always with us. And we talked last week about sharing our talents with the world around us, right? Sharing our talents with our community. And sometimes that can be a scary thing because we don't know how somebody's going to react to hearing that they're loved by God, right? Because God's doing work in their hearts, and we don't know where that work is at. So their hearts might be ready to hear those words, and their hearts might not be ready to hear those words. And it can be a scary situation sometimes. But we're, when we're facing a situation like that, or any situation where we're feeling nervous or afraid, when we're not quite sure what to do, and we feel like we need to help, I want you guys to remember that God is with you. He is standing right behind you, like that security guard, like that royal guard. He's right there, ready to protect you. Like that big sibling who's always ready to step in and say, not my, not my brother, not my sister. They're special to me. You guys are special to God, and he is always there to take care of you. Amen? Will you bow your heads, fold your hands, close your eyes, and let's talk to God. Say, dear God, we know you are with us, ready to protect us and take care of us. Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit out the side for Spark Worship. 
as we go before God in our prayers, let's lift Brooke Balke, who we just uh, honored here for her three years of loving care for our children here. And she's heading to Austin, so, so keep her in your prayers, Lord. We pray for the work done on the playground to make it safer for children. If you've noticed, uh, much of the work is done here thanks to your love and care. Lo Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for comfort and peace for those who grieve, grieve the loss of family members and friends. Lord, hear our prayers. Prayers of hope and help and healing for any and all who face health issues. Lord, hear our prayers. And finally, let's lift those who are serving in the military here and around the world. Lord, hear our prayers. Let's take just a few seconds to silence our hearts and go before God in our prayers that we did not lift aloud. Lord, hear our prayers. Loving God, you have made all races and nations into one family. You sent Jesus Christ to proclaim the good news of salvation to all people. Pour out your spirit upon us as we seek to do your will, your work in the world. Protect the innocent, strengthen the weak, open our hearts and minds that we might honor and glorify you, O God, knowing that you hear our prayers and you grant us mercy and grace. We pray now in the name of Jesus, the prayer he taught his disciples, as we say together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The residents were seated in round tables and we were just finishing our meal they were ready to move on to the very next thing on the agenda. When suddenly, women appeared from the kitchen area singing a birthday song, carrying a cake lit with candles. And here's the song they sang. You are loved, you are beautiful, you're a gift from God, God's own creation. You're a gift to all mankind, God's gift of love to them. You are loved, God danced the day you were born. There was not a dry eye in the house. Along with the cake, a birthday cake taken to each table, was a rose, a single rose. Of course, the thorns had been removed. <laughs> For many of those people, those women around those tables, the residents there had never received a birthday cake in their life. Can you imagine? For many of them, they had never received the gift of a flower their whole life. Now, these women that were there 
in prison. They messed up, but who hasn't? I used to say they messed up and got caught. There but by the grace of God go us, right? They ended up in jail, and the women who came with the cakes and the candles and the flower and the song were there to deliver a message to them that they were loved, that God was for them, that God is for us, right? And like Susan said this morning, and she welcomed us, wherever you have been, whatever you have done, no matter your past or your present, you have a future. Christ came and lived and died and rose again to ensure that future. We believe that. We believe this calling is true for every single person, those in prison and those living less than the life that God has dreamed for them, for you and me. If you want to read the verse from Romans chapter 8, verses 12, or is it 12, verse 8? No, it's 8. 831. Would you open your pew Bible? And it's on page 1030. And we're going to read Romans 8, verse 31. It's pretty simple. We've heard the message all morning in song and in word. It says, What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? I love that. As Jesse reminded the children, I am here to remind you today. If God is for us, who is against us? Who has the audacity? To be against us. Thanks be to God. Now, maybe you know about this spiritual retreat called the Walk to Emmaus. I've said a couple of things about it. I'm going to mention it again today. Uh, the Walk to Emmaus is a three-day three spiritual retreat on Christianity. It's created originally to strengthen Christians in the church. It was created to strengthen and guide Christian leaders. If you've been on a Walk to Emmaus, will you just raise your hand? So we can, oh my gosh, look around you. There's a lot of Emmaus graduates in this room. For those of you who have not been on a walk to Emmaus, if you're interested in going, if God calls something in your heart up and says, I think I need to explore this walk to Emmaus, see one of these people or come talk to me. Again, we'll get you signed up on a walk to Emmaus. Now, once you go on this walk, it's called a pilgrim's walk, then you're ready to serve. You're ready to serve the Emmaus community by joining an Emmaus team. You can also help with a chrysalis team, and the chrysalis is for um, teenagers. You can also join the journey, and the journey is the walk to Emmaus for young adults. You can also serve on the newest, which is called Face to Face, and that is for individuals 60 years old and older, and you don't have to spend the night at a retreat center. I'm just saying, face to face. And you can also serve on a Kairos team. Kairos people go into the prison and deal with residents. And there's another called Kairos Outside. And you can go serve on the Kairos Outside team. There are many ways for you to serve because God has called us to be a part of us. God is for us. God began with us, and Jesus ends with us. J-E-S. U-S. Come on. Wake up. Jesus ends with us. Isn't that amazing? Have you thought of that before? 
Every time you look at Jesus' name, look at that. Jesus ends with us. That's some serious stuff here, reminding us that Jesus came so that all of us could have life to its fullest. Now, if you go to chapter 8, you still have your pew Bible, and look at the first verse, the very first verse in Romans 8 begins with a declaration from the writer of this book, who is Paul. And he says this, Therefore, is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is one of the places of many that you will find in your Bible about condemnation in our relationship with God in that. One of the first Bible verses I learned, I bet many of you did too, is John 3, 16 and 17. Do you know those verses? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son not into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. See, those are some of those salient verses that we carry with us our entire life that Jesus was sent for all of us, that we might have life, and there is no condemnation. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn us either, but so many people believe in this. Let's recognize one thing this morning, that condemnation, condemnation is always the result of judging or being judged. But who's judging us? John, 1 John 3.20 says, our heart condemns us, but God knows our heart, and God knows everything. And see, this affirms that if God is for us, then... I'm glad you remembered that part. That affirms that we cannot be condemned if we are in Christ. And I have found in my life there are two distinct areas of condemnation that operate pretty regularly. One is self-condemnation. That's when we judge ourselves and find ourselves. The second part is condemning others or receiving the condemnation of others. Those are the two arenas that we operate in condemnation. And what does the Bible say about that? There is no condemnation for those who are in the Lord. I'd like to think of the church as a judgment-free zone a no-condemnation zone. When you walk through those doors, you should just let it all fall aside. If somebody's criticizing you or condemning you for a way you live or look or say, put it aside. And I'll tell you that the biggest complaint I hear from non-church members, non-church, uh, what do you call them, attenders? Goers. Non-church goers will say, I don't come to church because they will, you know the answer, they will judge me. They'll judge me for what I have on. They'll judge me for what I look like. They'll judge me for what I'll say. And they won't even enter our doors for fear of being condemned. So you know we're not going to do that, are we? There is no condemnation for those who love the Lord. And that includes how we perceive and share others and ourselves. And, and see, that's the second, that first area. We condemn ourselves way too much. You know, so often I'm driving and I do something dumb and I'll say, oh, you're stupid. Anybody? 
Oh, you've seen me driving. <laughs> oh, you do it for you. Okay, okay. So I do that all the time. I trip and say, oh, well, that was dumb. And God says, you're not dumb. Your action's not dumb. Quit saying you're dumb because pretty soon you're going to believe that you're dumb. But God says you're not dumb and that I'm not dumb. And the things I do, even then, not that dumb. On my hardest, hardest days, on times when the world seems to gang up on me, I remember that if God is for me, then... I mean, I really think of this. Don't you ever do that? You're facing a hard meeting or a hard appointment or a hard family member, and you walk into that place and say, okay, if God is for me, then... Yeah, who's against me? They can't be against me. And I can then step boldly into whatever challenge and say, God is for me. And honestly, that changes everything because I changed my mind. That changes everything. I feel empowered to conquer these obstacles because God is for me. And like Jesse said with the children, God's like the secret service or something right behind you, walking beside you, that Jesus is there with you. And God's love and affection do not wait for us to be flawless or perfect. God's love and affection is not dependent upon my performance. Although, Carl, I got to say, you guys performed so well this morning. But God doesn't wait till we're perfect. That God is for us. God is for every single one of us, every single hour of every single day. We can count on God to be in our corner no matter what. And talk about freedom, that freedom that that gives you. John 8, 3, uh, 36, Jesus said these words. If the Son makes you free, then you will be free indeed. That's freedom, free from sin and free from shame and free from condemnation for others and ourselves. And what a difference that will make in our day. Every day living knowing that God is for us and we are free from condemnation. If God is for us, who can be against us? Even during life struggles and frustrations and disappointments and pain, and we all have it, it's critical to remember in the midst of that, God is with us. Every breakthrough, every blessing, every aha moment, God works to restore our hope and our strength and inspires us to carry on. There are time after time when we get through experiences, only later do we realize that God was with us. It wasn't our own strength. It wasn't our own wisdom. It wasn't even luck. Can you remember such a time in your life? It's times like this that the very power of Jesus Christ is standing unseen beside us, helping us, guiding us, loving us. Now, I love to hear stories about how God is present in our everyday lives. And if you think about it, you have a story. I'd love to hear it. Can you think of an incident when God answered a prayer or met your needs? Sometimes it's just in the nick of time. And God can act in ordinary ways through ordinary people. Or God can act in extraordinary ways, in miraculous ways. Some people call that a divine coincidence. 
or a God incident. Sharon says to me, that's a God wink. That's so we know. But how often have we ascribed these God incidences to just, oh, well, that was lucky. Or do we say what was fate or chance? Do we give God the credit? Do we give God the credit when we receive that just-in-time gift? Do we give God the credit when modern medicine comes along and we, we are healed? Do we give God the credit when we just barely squeak by and we think it's on our own natural talents? I believe God uses infinitely creative ways in so many God incidences. In my own life, I experience them regularly. Do you too? And do you say, I praise you, God. That's so amazing and wonderful. Last week, I told you about how I got started on my path to ministry. I was heading to prison in Gatesville. No, I wasn't arrested, for those who did come last week. I was going to Gatesville with my friend Sherry and the little dog that wanted to come with us. You remember? What I didn't tell you was that during this trip on the drive home after the Kairos retreat, Sherry told me, that she had asked for information from Austin Theological Seminary every year. Every year they would send her a booklet about Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And she said to me, do you mind if we just stop by? Because I'm just feeling like I need to get more information. Yeah, like every year is not enough. And so I said, okay, I don't care if we stop by. I've never heard of Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary. So we stopped by and we met Deborah Butler who was in the registrar's office. And she was so awesome. And she said to us, oh, I'm glad you guys are here and you're Methodist. We love Methodist. <laughs> and you know what? We're having a discovery weekend next weekend here. And you're going to find everything you ever wanted to know about seminary. If you just sign up, it's $25. We'll have a room and board for you. And, and we both signed up because I had this little bitty thing inside my heart that was saying, hmm, maybe you need to learn about ministry too. And so we signed up for Discovery Weekend, and we both went back the next weekend, and then they took our picture, and we filled out applications, and pretty soon I was accepted to seminary. <laughs> Little did I know that detour, that God incident, would lead to me being here in front of you this very morning preaching as your pastor. Talk about a God incident. See, God works in those ways all the time. I could have said, no, I don't want to stop there. This morning, Sherry, I'm kind of tired. Prison wears me out because it's hot. They don't have air conditioning. And my hair had gone straight. Oh, it already is straight. Never mind. It, it, but I didn't. I said, sure, I'm feeling a little bit of this too. Why don't we go? God uses all kinds of small and tiny circumstances that build that sometimes we don't even realize till we turn around and look. But then you realize that God is for you in every instant, in every way. How little are we aware of what's God doing right underneath our noses in our everyday activities? Because we're busy. We're important people. We have activities and stuff grabs our attentions, cares of life and choices and mistakes and failures. And too often we're going so fast, it's so hectic, that we aren't even aware of the strong, moving, divine power of God's love all around us. Even when we remember that God is for us, sometimes stubborn doubts persist. It's true. 
And we wonder, is God really at work in our lives? Does God really know what I need? Why haven't I seen something special happening in my life? See, we need assurance all the time, don't we? We need personal assurance that God is for us. You know, um, we're trying to move to Holotus. We really are. We have a house in Austin, and uh, we signed a contract, and uh, not much has been happening. And my good friend and realtor here in Holotus, Sharon <coughs> Fitzpatrick, and even Carl Clutie says, I don't understand what's going on. Austin's a hot market. Is, is nobody coming to see your house? And I always feel kind of bad when I say, well, no. And Sharon's like, did anybody come this week? And she's all happy. I'm like, well, no. And then it dawned on me. I went to uh, Acts chapter 16, I think between verses 6 and 8, where Paul was trying to get to, um, uh, he's trying to get to Galatia, Phygeria, and it says in the Bible that the Holy Spirit stopped him. Some verses say there's like this sword of flame that says you're not going this way. And then he tried to go another way, and it said that the spirit of Jesus forbade it. Right? You're not going this way. And it dawned on me that God is in the midst of this working. No showing means God saying, you're not going that way. Do you, do you get it? Sometimes we don't get it, and we think no action in our life means God's not paying attention. But absolutely no viewings means God is in the middle of this saying, I don't want you to go that way right now. Have you had a situation in your life where that's happened? And you might have thought, well, God obviously is not in this. God is not around. God doesn't care about my house or my family or any of this stuff. And it's not true. And sometimes we just have to trust in God and say these verses from Romans 8, 31, that if God is with us, who can be against us? And that keeps me centered. And I pray to God that this keeps you centered in knowing that you can search scripture over and over and over again, and you'll always find that God is for you. You'll always find that you have to trust and believe. You know, faith isn't just God pouring everything out to us. Faith is waiting, right, Carl? When absolutely nobody comes. Faith is waiting for God to act, not for us to act. And I find great hope in that. Do you? Do you? I know it's hard, but I'm here to remind you that God is for you. No matter the circumstances of your life, whatever you're waiting for, God will be there just in time. God has assured us, as Susan read this morning from Jeremiah 29, 11. I love those verses too, Susan, because it assures me. It says, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare, welfare and not harm to give you a future with hope. And then when you call upon me, when you come and pray to me, I will hear you. And when you search for me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. There is no doubt in my mind that God is for you and nobody can be against you. 
that God is for me and nobody can be against me. Remember that God is for us. Remember that God began with us and Jesus ends with us, literally, us. And for that, I am so grateful. And I say thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. So then what's our response to this? Our first response to God's love and invitation is always thankfulness. When we get up in the morning, when we go to bed at night, being very thankful to God. We thank God for the hope found in promises and the guarantees that we have received. We praise God for helping us to become more and more like Jesus. We worship God giving unfailing love and faithfulness. And we do this as United Methodists by sharing our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. That was the latest one added, so you have points for remembering. We glorify God in every, everything in our life in the way God intercedes. So I'll invite you now, if you want to share your gifts, there's a box in back. There's all kinds of ways to give. But give as the Lord has instructed your heart to give. Give your life in the way that the Lord has instructed you. Give your service today. Do an act of charity because God loves you so much. Will you do it? And then will you tell me about it and how God is moving in your life? So we can share that with others and they too can be encouraged. Would you do that? I didn't hear you. Thank you. Now, why don't you stand as you're able and let us sing together the doxology, which is a blessing and a praise song to the Lord. Well, just keep standing as you are now because we're going to sing our final hymn after we say the church mission statement. And one of these days, we're going to say it without even looking at the words. Okay, not today. <laughs> Will you join me as we say what we believe our mission is to go back out into the world? The mission of Lotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. What a great job you had ahead of you. And I can't wait to see how the world is transformed through you. What a great reminder sending us out into the world that we might lean on God's arms in every situation, every circumstance, and carry the light of Christ out in our hearts. Do you notice how carefully Phil carried the light out? Because he doesn't want it to go out. Don't let your light go out either. Okay? Go forth in the name of Jesus Christ in service and power. Amen. Amen. Amen.